Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. It's so good to be in the house of the Lord on a Wednesday night. I love Louisiana. I love Pentecostal Church. I love Louisiana Pentecostal Church. I love Louisiana Country Pentecostal Church, where you're driving down a highway and there's three cars behind you, and when you're pulling up to the church, there's two in front of you, and all of them turn into the same parking lot. And when you turn into the parking lot, pickup trucks outnumber cars about two to one. You know you had a good apostolic Jesus name, Holy Ghost Church, ready to have church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What an honor to be with you all tonight. Uh, if you don't know me, my name's Greg Albritton, your pastor. Uh, mentioned that he's out, I think, for a little time of vacation. And I was so honored to get to come. And, and be with you all. My boy Creed came with me tonight. Creed, tell everybody hello. And um, he's uh, seven. One of my daughters is staying with a dear friend for a few days in the uh, Plaquemine. And they pastor a church there, her friends and family. And my other daughters at youth group tonight at Pentecostals of Alexandria. And so we're all over the place. But we're here. When we're walking in the parking lot, um, we kind of cut it close. All I'm telling you is, don't come from the other side of Ellick at around 5, 530. I didn't, traffic in Pineville on 28 is about like Dallas or Houston. I didn't like that stretch. But we had a little bit of a slow time, but we also had to stop and drop off an ice chest because Creed Man got him a deer yesterday. He was excited about that. And uh, he wanted to know if I could give a picture to the media. I said, church starts in about eight minutes. We're not doing that tonight. But that's his second deer. He got one last year. And we had a spike on camera. And he said a few days ago, that's a cool spike. I want it. And would you believe the first hunt, 10 after 10 yesterday, that's what stepped out. And the boy can shoot 90 yards. And he hit it. Yep. That's it. And he hit right where he was aiming. And that was a big old spike. We're going to have some good back strap. And I'm a, I'm a deer sausage man. Y'all can have y'all's deer hamburgers and spaghetti and chili. I'm sausage, sausage, sausage. So uh, we are on the journey. But um, uh, so just, just an honor to be here. I give honor to Pastor and Sister Stevenson, such wonderful man of God. And uh, I know you've fallen in love with him here. And I just I appreciate his spirit, always have through the years. And, and, um, we hated to lose him on the evangelist field. Uh, us evangelists kind of, we, we're kind of a, a group, you know. And, and, and when I go to a church, uh, several churches, and Brother, Brother Stevenson, well, we just had a great, no pressure, but we had an awesome revival with Brother Stevenson, you know. And, and so I know y'all are honored to have him here. And then I want to give honor to uh, Brother Sister Case. Amen. I talked to Britt today when I pastored in Colorado. Uh, a gentleman showed up one Sunday working in the area, and we became good friends. and And I appreciate Britt so much. He was working in our area and um, came to our church for a while, and then we stayed connected. And so good to see you tonight. And blessings to your family. Let me tell you something. It's hard to go wrong with Holy Ghost and Andre Crouch. Y'all just took me back tonight. No pun intended, but y'all took me back. Wow, that was beautiful. Thank you, praise team. I'm going to share a quick memory. My dad, we were I was raised in Baton Rouge. My dad worked for IBM, 
And I think I was 13, 14 years old, and it must have been uh, summertime, but he occasionally would have to go to out-of-town seminars, and he said, look, we have an extended deal. I think it was for six weeks in New York City, three weeks, six weeks. I can't remember. I was a teenager. But, um, the hotel was the Holly of New York on 42nd and 3rd Street, which is right downtown in the middle of everything. And I remember we stayed so high-rise. I love to just look out that window. And, and he came in, and, I mean, we stayed. We stayed. Our family didn't stay the whole time. He was up there longer than we were. But he tried to find things for us to do. And he came in, and he said, look, there's a, a place called Radio City Music Hall. It's this real cool arena. And it's hosting Andre Crouch, as the main performer, and the opening act was the Winans. I don't know if any of you ever heard of them, the Winans. Five brothers, I think. Oh, my goodness. And they all wore white suits, and they sang, I feel like flying away. I still remember that. And and then Shirley Caesar was the middle act. And Buddy, when she started singing about Hold My Mule or whatever all that stuff was, you just and, – and, and then Andre Crouch was the main performer that night. We were up in one of the balconies. My mom, my sister and I, the only person in the building, the only people in the building not in tuxedos, I think, was us and, and dress gowns. I mean, it was, it was a high-rolling event. And here we are way up there, and about halfway through Shirley Caesar, I said, Mom, there's seats, and it was about the third or fourth, fifth row somewhere. I said, there's seats, and nobody sat in them yet. And we're going to sit down there, and if somebody comes and tells us to move, we'll just come back up here. And so for the whole rest of the concert, we were right there, and you know me. I got out right here for Andre Crouch, and that was a great childhood memory. We had such a good time. And uh, so thank you all for taking me back tonight. Praise God. John chapter 5. I do believe the presence of the Lord is here with us tonight. His ministry ministry of the spirit is so pure felt it during the worship service so pure I don't don't ever want to take for granted that we can come to church and actually feel God and just have that flow of the Holy Ghost and I I know we like Sundays but I try not to put a difference on a Sunday or Wednesday amen if you if if it's something on Tuesday morning amen I want to be there in the presence of God believe God can meet with us Let's look at John chapter 5, verse 2 through 9. I know I've had you standing a moment, but let me say one more thing. I try every pulpit I'm in, especially if it's my first time um, since the tragedy our family walked through a year and a half ago. I just take a moment to say thank you for praying for our family. Because I have people come up to me still I may or may not know them, but when they said, Brother Albritton, we've prayed for your family. You have no idea how much the body of Christ means. And somebody with tears in their eyes saying, I, got, I found out your kids' names. I call them out in prayer. When you've gone through a trauma or a tragedy, you realize we already know the body of Christ is beautiful. But, man, what a strength. So just, I know, I know at some point you all prayed for us, and I just want to say thank you. John 5, verse 2, now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool. It is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered people that were waiting for the moving. Somebody say the moving. 
of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Some versions say moved the water. Some versions say stirred the waters. Whosoever then first after the troubling or the stirring of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. A certain man was there, had an infirmity 38 years when Jesus saw him lie, and that he'd been a long time in that case, Jesus said, wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man answered, sir, I have no man when the water is troubled. When the water is being stirred, I have no one to put me in the pool. Someone steps in before me. Jesus said, rise, take up your bed and walk. Immediately the man was made whole, took up his bed and walked. I want us to focus tonight on the commentary about the waters being troubled, the waters being stirred. Amen. They, when the waters were stirring, now this is one case where the Bible doesn't give us full details of the why, but an angel came and stirred the waters once a year, and when the waters were moving, if you got in first, a miracle took place. I want to speak tonight on the subject, when the waters are troubled. God bless you. you may be seated. Let's pray together as you're seated. Lord, thank you for this opportunity to be in your presence. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for your word. We pray that your spirit moves and your word speaks in this house tonight. Let your written word come alive. Let your preach word be anointed. Let your spirit move in our hearts. We honor you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. We worship you, O God. We worship you, O God. We worship you, O God. Amen. Can we give Jesus one more hand clap? Some things the Bible tells us, but it doesn't fully explain. And I don't find an explanation through or anywhere in the Bible of why the angel would come by this pool and stir up a current and, and bring movement to the water. And then that one, the list said there were impotent folks, crippled, blind, those that were withered, their, their limbs were withered, and, and they, they limped. That they were gathered around that pool because once a year, the waters would be stirred, and whoever got in first would be healed. I've, I've questioned in my mind, Lord, could it could have had been five, could it had been ten? We don't have an explanation, and, and so I just, in my consideration, and it's not our message tonight to try to figure out the why, but in in my consideration, maybe the Lord allowed that stirring or that moving and one to get in to this gentleman said, I, I, I didn't have help to get me in the waters, but someone, you think about it, a blind person may not know which direction to jump. A lame person can't get there fast enough. They're, they're trying, but if in their heart, they know if I can get there first when it's stirring, there, there, then maybe there's, they're there. So maybe there's a faith and a desire that when that happens, I'm doing everything I can get in. And so for me, maybe it's a message to us. God doesn't limit it to one person or one family or one individual. But I believe it's still just as real that when the spirit begins to move and the spirit 
is activated and God is working in a concentrated manner, then I, I want to have the same attitude as one of those by the pool that when God's moving, I want to be involved in it. When God's moving, I want to participate in that. So when the waters are stirring, when the waters are moving, it's God concentrated, if you please. The phrase, throughout my lifetime, I was raised in apostolic church. The phrase, the waters are troubled. If one of the gentlemen leading the service or one of the praise singers walked up and, and while we were singing said, folks, the waters are troubled in the house, most of you would not need an explanation. Because we just take that to mean and we have the understanding that something's moving in the house. God is in this house. It's not a bad thing. It's a, it's a good thing. There's activity of the spirit, a stirring of the spirit. We call it a move of God. And so when that is happening, our heartbeat is to not just observe, but to get in. Amen. And how many of you at some point in your life, you sense God was moving and you jumped in? Amen. The song was, and, and you've been, you've been Pentecostal, some of you, for a while. If they sing that chorus one more time, I'm running. If they'll sing it two more times, I'm shouting. And next thing you know, you step out in the aisle or you go to the altar. God's everywhere, but you said, I want to step into where he's concentrated, moving and working in this house. Hallelujah. Genesis chapter 1. We, you do not get two verses into the Bible without a reference to the Spirit of God moving. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. The earth had issues. It was created by God, but it was without form. It was void, which means it was empty. And it was full of darkness. There was darkness upon the face of the deep. And the very next words say, and the Spirit of God. Aren't you, aren't you glad that we're only two verses into the Bible and, and God's saying, I've created this earth, but now my Spirit's about to move and it's going to take things to the next level. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and I, I have it marked in my Bible, amen, after verse 2, where God's spirit moved, and listen, you remember the phrase, and God said, let there be, and it was so, that happens during creation, verse 3, verse 6, verse 9, verse 11, verse 14, verse 20, verse 24, verse 26, and God said, but notice, God speaking, his creative voice that began to speak happened after his spirit began to move. So I just like to think, when those two get together, something's about to happen. Amen. I can't ever escape the word of God and the spoken word of God. Amen. If, if I just pursue God's spirit moving, then I don't think, I don't want anything to do with his word. Amen. That's going to get into some craziness. And if you just get into the word and it becomes a textbook, but you're not involved in the moving of the spirit, then it just becomes a dry study. Believe it or not, 
that can happen for some folks. That is usually comes the dotting of the I's, the crossing of the T's. But when you get the Spirit moving and the Word speaking and you get them in the same place, amen, that's what can change a life. That's what can impact a family. That's what can change a church. Spirit moving, Word speaking, Spirit moving, Word speaking. Hallelujah. The Spirit of God moves. And God said, and by the time all of those references, 3, 6, 9, 11, 14, all through there, and, and by the time God got finished, guess what? The world was not without form anymore. All of his speakers, he, he, it took great shape. It wasn't empty anymore, and it wasn't in darkness anymore, because when God's spirit moves, and God's word speaks, he takes care of the issues. Amen. Now, I'd like to think, Word and spirit is how most of you got in church. Some of you got in church. You'd never been in an apostolic Pentecostal Holy Ghost atmosphere, but somebody started sharing the word, maybe through a testimony or a Bible study. And, and the word started speaking. And then somewhere along the line, you was like, I love this point in a Bible study when somebody says, well, man, you, you know where I can go to a church that believes like what you're teaching me? Oh, I just happen to know one. Or the opposite happens sometimes. Some folks come to church and don't know anything. <laughs> come up front, start crying, get the Holy Ghost. They can't even tell you what it is. You want to get baptized? <laughs> get baptized. You just tell them in Jesus' name. Okay, let's go. And then the word speaks and works in their life. So spirit word comes. Let me share something with you. The, the word in Genesis chapter 1 verse 2 that said, in the spirit of God moved, that word, you can actually interpret it, it comes from the spirit of God hovered. I love this. Somebody say the spirit of God hovered. He hovered over the waters where his word was about to speak. Now, I know from a distance, a helicopter or a hovercraft looks looks calm, smooth, and graceful. But has anybody in the building, I got one, he's shaking his head. No, Has anybody ever stood underneath a helicopter when the blades, the rotors were going? For, anybody? Is it, is it calm? It's not real graceful. If you're the ladies, you're holding your skirts and your hairdos. Guys, you're holding your, you're holding your hairdos too. Though. Come on, admit it. It's not so graceful. It's, it's turbulent, you could even call it. It's action, and it's fast action, and it's a moving. And the Bible said the Spirit of God hovered over this place, over the waters, over the place where God's Word was about to speak. I know God's everywhere. I know God is in any corner of the universe or the world. But you know where I really like to be? Amen. Where he's hovering. I like to be where it gets kind of turbulent. I, I like to get under that spot. Amen. As we used to say, under the spout where the glory comes out. Hallelujah. 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 So with God's presence, I'm telling you, you walk with God all week. 
Talk to the Lord. Talk to the Lord driving down the road. Talk to the Lord. Spend time with the Lord. But when you get in a personal prayer or church service and you realize something's hovering over this place right now. Amen. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm going to take it from, yes, Lord, I love you. I'm jumping in. I'm going to get into the place, into that, that atmosphere where God is working. First Chronicles chapter 14, verse 13, the Bible says, the Philistines yet again, somebody say yet again. The Philistines yet again spread themselves in the valley. And verse 14 says here, thank you so much. Verse 14 says, therefore David inquired again of God. Now, just consider that for me a moment. We'll get back to our focus for tonight. But in verse 13, the Philistines, and you go back and read it, it's just a few verses earlier. They came against David, and it says clearly, they came against David. David inquired of the Lord. Then a little bit later, they came again. Verse 13, they set themselves a yet again against David, and David again inquired of the Lord. And I've decided forever again the devil has, I'm going to have an again where I seek God. For every time he comes against me or you, have another again and go to the throne room. Amen. But notice what God told David. First Chronicles 14, verse 14. David said, don't, don't attack. Don't go up against them right now. Turn away from them and come up on them over against the mulberry trees. Okay, God's saying, don't attack now. Go hang out by the mulberry trees. But, verse 15, when you hear, listen to this, when thou shalt hear a sound of going in the tops of the mulberry trees, then go out to battle. For God is gone forth before thee to smite the host of the Philistines. Amen. I know, I know it's not in the KJV. But it is in the in the GAV. That's the Gregory Allen version. Amen. I believe I believe the Lord is saying when my spirit is hovering like a helicopter over the tops of those trees. Any anybody ever seen a helicopter over trees or over water? The limbs. I, I believe God said, "Look, you go hang out." But when my spirit concentrates and my presence gets right in that arena, and the bushes begin to move, and you know, you look at the weather app. It's not a weather front coming through. You know something something's going on, then you know that's your moment to attack. That's your moment to go forward. I'm talking to some of you. You may be going through a trial. You may be going through a valley. You may be going through a time of question and wondering what to do. Amen. You keep trusting God. You keep calling on the name of the Lord. You keep believing on God because at some point in your praying and some point in your believing, all of a sudden, God's going to say, okay, it's time now. I'm about to break it open right now. I'm about to bust it open right now. I'm about to break the devil. Back right now. You've been faithful. You've been trusting God. You've been trusting Him in the trial. You've been trusting Him in the storm. God says, Keep trusting. It's all right. Don't attack now. Amen. Don't jump now. Just keep waiting. But you're going to know it when you feel it. You're going to know it when you sense it. The Holy Ghost is going to settle on top of your situation, it's going to settle on top of your circumstance. And when, when that happens, I know it's not in the KJV, but I believe there's a Holy Ghost helicopter. 
Not really, you know. He looking at me like, really? <laughs> no. <laughs> but I believe God's everywhere. But I believe he's hearing your prayers and your cries and watching your journey. And he said, you, you keep being faithful. <sighs> okay, now. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You've trusted God, extended, and then all of a sudden, are you here and are you there? And then all of a sudden, God moves in. And he said, that's when you know to attack. I want to take us back to 2009. We pastored in a city called Loveland, Colorado, 45 minutes north of Denver. We pastored there for eight years. And a church of about 80 to 100 at that time. And we, we were facing some things in the spirit, and an elder called. I didn't know him. My wife had been in a few revivals years ago that he had ministered in. Elder called and had a word for us. And I remember on the phone just weeping, and God's presence came. And, and the elder said, I feel like I'm supposed to come and, and preach for you all. Now, this was... This was, again, back about 2009, him, he and his wife traveled in a travel trailer, and, and, and I said, well, Elder, come on, come preach for us. I'd heard stories. This man loved Jesus, and he loved honoring Jesus, but I'm convinced, I'm convinced he loved fighting the devil just as much as he loved worshiping Jesus. He's a warrior, had some engine blood in him, for real, and he was an old devil fighter. That was, that was his thing. And, and he was unorthodox. You didn't know what was coming any service. He might say, brother, God's got a blessing for you. I want you to march the aisles the whole rest of the time I'm preaching. And, and he just take off to preaching and you take off to marching. He just did unique things. God moved. Spirit of God honored. God blessed him. And he ended up staying for nine weeks preaching Sunday morning, Sunday night. Wednesday night, one Saturday night, he called, Brother Albritton, I need two wash tubs, he named me what number, I can't remember, they're supposed to be, you know, the, the galvanized wash tubs, you know, I need two wash tubs, and I need them filled with water, one on each side of the pulpit, and he said, I need, uh, I need a stack of towels on each side by the tubs. And I was like, well, Elder, we having foot washing tomorrow? He said, oh, no. We're not having foot washing. He said, I'm preaching about when the waters are troubled. And when you step in, you get a miracle. You believe God for a miracle. And he said, those tubs full of water is going to represent the waters being troubled. And the faith of somebody to step in. And he said, we're just going to act in faith, and people's going to step in those tubs believing for a miracle. Now, the faith side of me said, awesome. The logic side of me said, what if you're the 10th person in line and one through seven didn't wash their feet real good? Are people going to want to take off their socks and shoes right in the middle of Sunday service at the altar call? You know, the logics. Now, don't, don't, think, don't think I acted on it. My brain, just, some of y'all would have too. Amen. Thank you. I got one. Amen. And I said, yes, sir, elder. That's, that's what we'll do. I couldn't find any of, on Saturday night of the, you know, the, the metal wash tubs, but I did find some turquoise plastic ones at Walmart. That's the best we could do. 
And so we have these turquoise tubs filled with water. And he preaches a message from the same text about stepping in faith when God ready to do a miracle. And he preached his heart out. And at the end of the service, I never forget it, touched my heart so deeply. Because I'm the pastor sitting there and worshiping, praying. And the lines were all the way down the center aisle. Men taking their shoes and socks off, rolling their pants legs up, business leaders, men, ladies of the church. It didn't matter your social status. They were in line, and nobody was complaining. Well, I'll be fifth in line, and I don't, nobody. They were crying and weeping and waiting. Touched me that day. It was very, very, very special. We had um, several guests that had been coming to the church. One man has become a dear, dear friend. And um, but he was just visiting the church then, and and I met him through through hunting. He, he he I didn't know when I went to the hunting store to pick up something that the salesman that was waiting on me was a decorated marine. He was an engineer. He was just taking a few months off after his tour of duty just to work in the hunting store just to unwind. Martial arts trainer in the Marines, marksman trainer in the Marines, and and uh. We just became great friends, great guy. He stepped out and came up to me and said, Pastor, he said, I feel like the Lord just impressed me. Are you okay if I kneel beside this tub? I feel God told me I'm supposed to dry everybody's feet off after their prayer. Another lady came up. Her name was Magic Prophet. She led a team that was called the Harlem Ambassadors, kind of like the Harlem Globetrotters, stay in school, don't do drugs, and they had a basketball team that did all kind of cool stuff, and they go to high schools and junior high schools, and and uh, she's on the Hall of Fame at Missouri for the most three-pointers, whatever, you know, just played pro ball in Israel or Turkey or somewhere, and she comes up to me and said, I feel like the Lord spoke to me. I'm supposed to kneel on this side, and can I dry everyone's feet? And so here were people that weren't even members of our church kneeling and praying for everyone that come through. And then as happens at a Pentecostal church, 45 minutes, an hour, service kind of settled down. Everybody's kind of through praying. And my daughter, who was five at the time maybe, had had extremely strong allergies. Started, the pediatrician says, started so young, so strong, I think two or three years old could be fatal reaction to shellfish and to peanuts. Wasn't a restaurant we went in. My wife said, what, do y'all use peanut oil and the whole deal? She's five. Everybody's through. My wife sees my little girl standing in the tub and runs over and says, Emery, this is not playtime. This is not playtime. People pray for miracles. Get Mommy, I'm not playing. Her little young self I'm praying for my peanuts and we gathered around and began to pray Holy Ghost moved in that room and my wife took my daughter back to the pediatrician to the specialist and there's zero allergies to shellfish and there's zero allergies zero to peanuts peanut oil amen amen God honored 
the five-year-old faith that would stand in the water and say, Jesus, I'm believing you for healing. I, I pray childlike faith comes in this house tonight. I pray a childlike faith would come in this room that somebody would just say, I'm willing to step into the water. I'm willing to step into symbolically into the middle of God's presence and whatever God's wanting to do in my life or my family or my home, I receive it. Amen. Go back to... March 10th of this year. Anybody remember that? That's two days before our whole state shut down on what I call the first quarantine. We've had to quarantine about four times in my family. But the March, April into May, that was so scary. On March the 10th, preaching on a Wednesday night, not too far from here, 30 minutes maybe, I felt to share that story. I hadn't shared it in years. But I, I felt to share that story on March the 10th during the message. On March 11th, Pastor Mangan was sending out emails. The governor was sending out emails. Things were shutting down by the hour. We had had an event scheduled for weeks. Creed was so excited. Someone had given us an extra offering and and, and we, we were just going to have a grand time on a Friday night. We'd even had a paper chain. Y'all know what I'm talking about, the paper chain that you tear a link off. And we'd counted down from 14, and we only had two links left. Because Friday, Friday was our event. And on Thursday night, everything was canceled, and that event was canceled, and everything was shutting down. And, and I called my kids into my room and just to have a talk. Now, let me just take a time out. About a month leading up to that, Creed Man travels with me almost every every weekend and every service. My girls, we have cousins in Alexandria, and they get rides to church and stay with their youth group and their friends. They go with me some. But on some of our trips in the car, me in the front, him in the back, my little man had been opening up to me, and Daddy, and if you don't know the details, it's just our family went through extreme tragedy, extreme trauma. A little man would say things like, Daddy, how can a little boy hurt so bad? My heart hurts so bad. And, and I started telling him, Creed, the Holy Ghost is going to help you. When you get the Holy Ghost, it's going to strengthen you. It's going give to you, give you strength. And we're going to get counseling and help to help our family. But you're, you're going you're, you're gonna to find when you get the Holy Ghost. It's gonna... So we had been having some of those conversations leading up to this moment. So on that Thursday night, I have a long meeting with my kids trying to explain to them what's going on in the world, and we're going to keep trusting Jesus, and events have been canceled. And, and somewhere in there, when we said the word coronavirus, many of you know in 2017 I had West Nile virus in the hospital, in and out for hospital and rehab hospitals for three months, had to learn to walk again. But there was a phase there for a week or two just between life and death and and I was the 1% of West Nile that goes neuroinvasive, and it, it, it affects your entire life and your body, and, and it hits so hard. And So when he heard the word virus, something came over my little boy. He, he grabbed a hold of me and began to cry out. Just being honest with us tonight, just opening up. I don't want my daddy to die. I don't want my daddy to die. And it was a terror, and it was a fear coming from 
my little man's heart. And I remember turning to him and, and my girls, you know, we're all on the king size bed sitting there. And, and I said, I said, Creed, this is, this is a time, Daddy. Remember, Daddy's been telling you, you need to cry out for the Holy Ghost. Jesus will help you. You need to cry out for the Holy Ghost. Jesus will help you. And, and, and his heart was hurting so bad. And, and, and I coached him for the first five minutes because it was, it was fear. It was hurt. It was Jesus. And I said, tell Jesus how bad your heart hurts. My heart hurts. I said, tell Jesus that you want him to help you, folks. For five minutes, I helped coach coax those words but after five minutes there was no coaching needed there was no coaxing there was no leadership needing because that little heart and that young man's life amen just began to cry out to the lord with all of his heart and i mean just pray holy ghost prayer meeting for 20 minutes and it, he prayed so good so long the girl said daddy we're gonna go on to bed okay and, and, and but he didn't stop he kept on praying he kept on praying and then he he got he, he got that, 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 that chattering, the, just the stammering lips. And, and all of a sudden, he, he got up and ran from the king-size bed into the bathroom. And I'm like, wow, that was fast. Where'd he go? And I hear the bathwater running. And, and then he comes back in, and he sits beside me on the king-size bed, and we keep praying again. And then he disappears and goes in the bathroom. And I said, well, I'm going to go see what's going on. And when I go in the bathroom, he's in. You understand, this is Thursday night. On Wednesday night, I just told that story about my little daughter getting healed, stepping into the tub of water that happened years ago in Colorado. And when I walked in the bathroom, he had three inches, my brother, of water in the bathtub and he had his hands raised and he was telling Jesus it don't matter if you're in a bathtub it don't matter if you're in church Amen. when you step in the water Jesus can heal you Jesus can fill you with the Holy Ghost and God filled my little boy with the Holy Ghost on Thursday night amen God baptized him with the whole his little mind said if I can just get in the water like my sister did if I can just get in God's presence ha ha God can do something uh-huh. Amen. His words. It don't matter if you're in the bathtub. It don't matter if you're driving down the road. It don't matter if you're in at church. Amen. When you get in God's presence, God baptized that little man with the Holy Ghost. The name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Mm. A few weeks later, few weeks later, one night, we were going to bed, and he said, Daddy, I got a testimony. He, he, helps, he, he helps Daddy sometimes, and he testifies. He said, I got a testimony. He started testifying. Next thing you know, the anointing came on him, and he stood up in that king-sized bed, and he got a little bit of that old elder warrior's anointing on him because he chewed the devil out for 20 minutes. I told him, I said, you got to talk to Jesus too. Don't just tell the devil how bad he is. But he stood in that bed and just told the devil off for 20 minutes and got baptized with the Holy Ghost. Again, it hit me strong today, and I close. But it hit me strong today. God, I know the Bible talks about childlike faith. I never want it to get common to me. 
I want to have a childlike love and a childlike heart that that little girl said, Mommy, I'm not playing. Amen. She heard the word of God. Amen. She heard the word of God. I don't know who else got miracles, but my home got a miracle because my little girl stood in that water and prayed and the Holy Ghost came and ministered that. And then God turned that around and used that years later. Amen. To minister faith in my my son and baptize him. I, I didn't. I didn't call pastor today and say, would you get your ushers and get us two tubs in front? I didn't do that. Amen. But symbolically, and if you want to go home and fill the bathtub up three inches and get in, amen, I don't think it's going to be a bad thing if you just say, God, 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 I'm just, I'm just acting on my faith. I'm stepping in the water. But I believe without a tub of water tonight, we can say, Jesus, wherever you're hovering, wherever your spirit's moving, where your spirit's flowing, I want to step in and receive Amen. What you have for me. Would you stand right now across this room? Would you close your eyes and just lift your spirits to the heavens? It's been mentioned already in this service the turmoil in our nation, the uncertainty. Amen. But I know one thing I'm just going to keep following after Jesus, keep trusting Him. And I'm going to keep stepping into the water, stepping into the flow, stepping into the anointing. Your hands lifted all across this house. To me, hands lifted are twofold purpose, and it's beautiful. It's a universal sign of surrender, and it's a universal sign of praise. So when we lift our hands, we're surrendering to Jesus, and we're worshiping Jesus. All at the same time, would you take just a moment or two and let pure worship come from your heart? There's minister of the Holy Ghost in this room right now. Just let pure worship come forth right now. God, give us, even us adults, even in our 50s and 60s and our young married couples and families, give us faith like that child that stood in a tub of water. Faith like that young child that stepped in a bathtub and raised his hands, nobody telling him to, seeking after the Holy Ghost. God, minister to families and homes and lives and single adults in this room right now in Jesus' name. The name of Jesus. 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 Lord, let your presence hover over our atmosphere. Let your words speak. Let them work in our lives. I'm not going to define your need right now. It could be anywhere on the spectrum. That's between you and God. But I just, I just feel to do something right now. You don't have to. It, it, you can be the longest standing member of this church, a first time guest. It could be what could be listed as an extremely serious need, or it could just be something that you're walking through and it matters to you. But you have a, I want, if you have a need and you want Jesus to minister over your circumstance, I would like for you to just step out into the aisle that's closest to you, just representing, I'm stepping in the water, Jesus. Could you just do that for a moment? I know there's a sweetness in this room. 
I feel it, but how many would confirm you just feel a sweetness in the house tonight? It's not how high we jump right now. There's a sweetness in this room. There's a purity. Sis, let's it. Okay, yeah, yeah. Let the Holy Ghost flow right now. 